Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to this week's Infection Control Matters. Uh, it's Martin here. And today I'm going to be joined by Giovanni Battista Fuccini, a uh, doctor in working in Germany. And he and uh, a large group have just published a very nice review called Sinks in Patient Rooms in the ICU Associated with Higher Rates of Hospital-Acquired Infections, a Retrospective Analysis. So we're going to have a discussion about that. So thank you very much for joining me, Giovanni. I really appreciate you spending the time. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, now we've done a couple of um, discussions on sinks in the past, and they are still a very hot topic, despite being probably highlighted back in the 1970s as being an issue, but they've come back to the fore. So what, what prompted this piece of work, if you wouldn't mind talk, talking through how you started going down this line and what, what made you think, ah, because I've never seen a paper like this one before, to be honest. Yeah, I have to say I'm, I was... I'm uh, education is basically I was an anesthesiologist and I worked a lot longer time intensive care and I moved to infection prevention and control in the last two years. So for me, it was kind of a new, not, not completely new, but uh, I, I had to discover this whole field of research from new, uh, this uh, association between water, uh, hospital water and infections and so on, especially for the intensive care. And I found it incredibly interesting. So, um, um, and I started reading about it and uh, because also we are like in the, in the project, we, uh, we are making, trying to make some new suggestions and, and uh, guidelines how to build future ICUs so that they are like optimized to prevent infections. And the big theme about, big topic about this is uh, do we have to, how do we have to plan uh, water systems? Do we need sinks in the patient's rooms? and are they really needed and uh, where to be positioned and so on. And um, so I dived in this uh, whole uh, huge um, amount of literature. And um, of course, uh, you find out that there is a lot of information about contamination of, uh, of water, that um, sinks are contaminated by motor-resistant uh, organisms, MDRO, MDRO, and um, from all kinds of, especially gram-negative bacteria. And um, there are a lot of information about the fact that they can be the cause of outbreaks, of the reservoir for outbreaks. And, and, um, um, and uh, in this, uh, but the, the main problem for me was, okay, we know that uh, if there is an outbreak, we have to look at the water. We know that the water can be contaminated. And we, there are also very nice uh, papers who show how the um the possible um, um infection pathways either may I say not infection but like uh, transmission pathways yeah could be and um but then the main problem for me was to ask okay and uh, but um we know that this a, they can be a cause for outbreaks but what do we do in the normal time so is it really so relevant like uh, um that we need to make a suggestion for general purposes when we say okay we need really to suggest to avoiding having sinks in patient room for all ICUs, basically, is it really so relevant, let's say, in, um, in, um, in an endemic situation? So yeah. um, trying to, to, and so I, we have in Germany this very good surveillance system, this network of hospitals, which sends us, um, I'm working in Charité in Berlin, and we are the center of this network because all the hospitals are sending us their information about the hospital-acquired infections. Um, could I could I ask you just to explain exactly what that is? Because we have listeners from all over the world, and this sounds like a very good system. Yeah, this called um, key uh, key ISS, this Krankenhaus. It's a hospital in German, an infection surveillance system, and um, it's kind of um, 
Yeah, it's a network. Like we are, all the hospitals are in contact with us, and there is uh, there are some rules how they have to collect information about their own and also come. I mean, it's it's a it's voluntary. Um, oh, voluntary. Okay. The hospitals who want to participate, uh, they they can, and then they they receive from us some rules how they have to collect information about their infections, especially in the intensive care. But also there are some other rules for infections by patients after. A stem cell transplantation in the in the oncohematology and the newborns and there are also some other rules and um, they can choose every hospital can choose okay which kind of, inf- of infections do I want to make surveillance about and then they collect this information and send them to to us so that we actually have this overview and uh, we have exp- the most important thing we have the contact with these hospitals and we are talking about like uh, for the group that is making like uh, this is making infection surveillance and intensive care we have a group this uh, 1500 intensive care units a big okay. big number i mean do you have so that, an idea of what proportion of hospitals take part is it you know 50% 60% 70% um of all the of all the intensive cares in germany yeah. you mean yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know how many. How much was the? Um, but um, I don't know if it's sixty percent or seventy okay. percent of all house, of all hospitals in Germany. This I have to admit. But uh, still, thousand five hundred is, uh, is, yeah, is so a, lot a lot of yeah. a lot of a lot of intensive care. It's a lot of beds, a lot of patients um, every year. So um, this is the system, very easily explained. But um, the main the main point is that I think we have this huge amount of data and. Uh, um, we send all of them um, an online survey asking them a lot of information about their zip care uh, structure, like the, the, how, how many rooms they have, how many single rooms, multi-bedrooms, and um, how many nurse stations, all this kind of stuff. And one of the questions was about sinks, if they have a sink in the patient room or not. So that at the end, um, 600 uh, intensive care units answered this survey and gave us information about fact, if they had uh, sinks in patients' rooms or not. And then we matched this information with the infections numbers that they submitted in the last years. And these, at the end, they were not like 600, they were a bit less than 150 because some of those who took part to the survey didn't submit infections information. So we, we, at the end, we were 552, I think. Yeah, but still about a good number. 550, yeah, still a good number. And this, yeah. uh, about this 550 intensive care, we have, we had both the information if they have a sink, a sink in patient in directly inside the patient room or if they, they don't and, uh, and how many infections they submitted. I mean, uh, they had like, uh, we, we took a range of year like, um, 2017 to 2020. We stopped uh, um, 2020 because 2021 through COVID, we had some, a lot of uh, intensive care units. We, we didn't send information sure. yeah. and had to stop yeah. the surveillance. So it was kind of, uh, the data were not that um, clean anymore. And um, still we made the survey 2021, assuming that, okay, if they didn't have a sink in 2021, they didn't have it neither in 2017. Because I don't think much building work was going yeah, on at that time. <laughs> we, we, we know that at that time could be that some, uh, but uh, actually we, all, we also asked them if they had, were going through big renovations in the last five years and only a very small part of them did. So that's yeah. uh, the information about the sinks didn't, didn't change that much also in the time we collected information about infections. So. And this was uh, the, the purpose of this. Okay, we ha- I mean, there are a lot of limitations. We cannot know if these infections were occurring in, uh, during an outbreak, for example, or if mm-hmm. there's um, so we uh, we don't have 
microbiological test sampling from the water, um, from the sinks, so that we cannot like um, exactly uh, uh, connect the, 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 the pathogens to the infections. But uh, it was just to have a, 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 an overview. And uh, the results we had is like very interesting, I think. Of course, there are a lot, much less um, intensive care units that don't, don't have sinks. Then uh, the most of them, at least in Germany, the most of them have sinks in patient rooms. Was um, all uh, eighty from this group of uh, five hundred fifty? Was eighty ICUs were in the uh, no sink group? We called it like that, and the other four hundred seventy were uh, did have sinks in the patient rooms. But still, the good thing is that the epidemiological data about the length of stay of patients, number of patients treated, patient days were similar. So, yeah. although the groups, the numbers were different, but um, they were comparable. Interestingly, these intensive care units without sinks in patients' room were a bit newer. So that we really? can think ah. there is kind of a movement in that direction. This probably is new ICUs. They, something from this uh, experience we read in the literature is going to be um, accepted, right? Okay, like a mentioned measure. I mean, it's interesting. So if you were building a new ICU in your guideline in Germany, would it say don't put a sink in a room or would it say to put a sink in the room? Because in the UK, it currently says put a sink for every bed and we don't think that's necessarily yeah. correct now. Actually, in our guidelines, we will we will say that uh, try to avoid it, to have it yeah. directly in patient rooms. I mean, okay. this, uh, this, uh, this thing that will... Uh, I am actually also in the, um, the commission. We are um, supporting the building of a new hospital close to the charity, a new, very new big center for heart surgery. And, uh, and there was a big discussion about this because we thought, okay, there is the possibility of building these new, brand new ICUs. And we would like to have to, to not to have sinks in the rooms. But uh, the other hand, the uh, nurses and uh, people who are used to work with sinks and rooms, they really like start how should we do it? How should we wash patients? How mm -hmm. should we? put our wastewater away. And uh, actually, this is exactly the point. You should put the whole point. wastewater yeah. in that's, the sinks. That's exactly that's the, the point. point but this that is, is the point. That is the point. But this is difficult to, to make it acceptable for people. So you have to find a solution that is actually acceptable, that, uh, that is good for infection prevention. At the same time, it also doesn't disrupt completely the process yeah. uh, of care in the, in the, in the, the usual way. Now we hopped on a bit. Could could you talk about the results? Because you and I know them, but yeah, we, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ahead yeah, of ourselves. Exactly. And, uh, this is all the, the whole point is that at the end we had this uh, this um, comparing the the numbers we had that the, for the um, in cares with sinks there was a one point two four incidence um, risk rate, uh, like twenty four percent higher risk for yeah. patients to get an hospital acquired infections during their stay and. Uh, um, this was significant, and um, it was significant for the whole because in this system for intensive care, we serve the, they would make surveillance of three gray group of infection: this uh, pneumonia, uh, bloodstream infections, and uh, uh, urinary tract infections. And that's um, so from these three group of infections, we had a higher risk for all the infections together for primary from bloodstream infection and for urinary tract infections. We didn't have a, we have also a higher risk for pneumonia, but it was not significant. Yeah. And then we said, okay, let's say we know that the most studied microorganisms associated with water-related infections, or we suppose that it's water-related, are Pseudomonas aeruginosa is what about there is the most biggest um, body of literature. 
And so we took only the infections which were associated with Pseudomonas aeruginosa and we watched, we made the same comparison. And we found out that there wasn't, as the, uh, there was a, uh, also a higher risk. This was 27, uh, 1.27 um, incidence uh, risk rate. Um, but uh, it was not significant for Pseudomonas aeruginosa, but it was significant for pneumonia with uh, Pseudomonas aeruginosa. We only looked at, uh, at, um, at pneumonia. Okay. We suppose it was the, the, the number were a bit different because uh, there is uh, the, the, the whole number of infections through Pseudomonas aeruginosa is not that big, so it could be not powered enough to be yeah, uh, sure. significant. Um, but still interesting that from from the infections of Pseudomonas aeruginosa, especially um, um, pneumonia is significant because pneumonia is also the, I mean, this yeah, most sure. Common infections caused by by pseudomonas aeruginosa. So yeah, if we have a prevent, if we have um rela uh, relevant risk there, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's important. Uh, this, uh, the, and uh, so we made also a multivariate analysis because we said okay, there are also many other factors who can influence infections. No, we have to see okay, things is one of the factors we are looking. And through multivariate analysis, we could find that uh, actually things state um, as um, independent risk factors together with the type of ICU, like uh, uh, we have accordingly to the to which direction, which which uh, specialization the ICU is. So we have different numbers. We have higher or lower um, risk for infection for patients, which also kind of. So expected because bigger ICUs are probably also located in bigger hospitals and treat mm -hmm. also um, most uh, most difficult cases. Yeah, and uh, the length of stay is of course also dependently associated with uh, with the risk of infections uh, the, and the, the the use of uh, invasive ventilation and the use of uh, urinary catheter, which is also no. We know that the use of devices is of course a risk factor for the development sure. of infections. But interesting that. Close to these very understandable risk factors, we have also an, uh, a relevant role of things in our analysis. So, yeah, interesting—a really interesting piece of work because you you didn't find any you know any difference between putting filters on sinks. So, chances are it's maybe not the actual water coming into the sink; it's maybe splashed from the sink, which is interesting. But, but also, you know, I wondered about. You've got pseudomonas and you've got all infections, but including with the, the gram-positive infections. And if you just stripped out gram-positives and just did all gram-negatives, I wonder if that would be interesting as well, because there's quite a lot of other gram-negative outbreaks that are related to uh, to sink splashes. That would be an interesting thing to do. Actually, we, we we did it. We did this analysis. We put together infections through pseudomonas aeruginosa, Klebsiella pneumonia, and ah. uh, Enterobacter. Because okay. as, as uh, the the groups, we couldn't find so so clear, um, uh, so interesting uh, results as we had for Pseudomonas aeruginosa, so that we didn't publish. We decided not to publish it. Okay, this, but but flat. was there a tendency for them to be higher in the nose? In the there, there was a tendency, but it was not significant. Not probably significant. Always no. to, so the, for the probably do always the same problem is that they are single yeah, yeah. single group of infections are to small numbers. So this yeah, was sure. a bit our. I was just wondering idea. about bulking gram, all gram negatives together in one group. <laughs> the other thing I want to ask you is people are worried about when they take sinks out, well, well what about Clostridium difficile infections? Um, How? So did you have, have you any data on that, that you could actually compare C. diff infections between the sink and the non-sink group that would, would help 
calm people's fears about we can't take the sink out, even though they probably don't use it for hand hygiene anyway. As you mentioned, the Mathers Group patient that, a paper that shows only 4% of activity at a hand sink in an ITU is hand hygiene anyway. So, Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I should, we didn't just, uh, did this analysis. The main problem is that we don't... Uh, um, I told you we we are certain on the ECUs we are surveying uh, pneumonia, and, okay, uh, urinary tract infections and blood, primary bloodstream infections. So it's okay. clostridium difficile. It's not really, but we there is a we also have the 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 some of the, the some of the hospitals also make the surveillance for clostridium difficile infection. Mm. We just we just have to we we should just find out which. How many of the ICUs that took part of the surveys also does this kind of surveillance yeah. and then yeah, make it? It's just be interesting because that's yeah, often what people be, come up with. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, I was, I was just thinking then, you've got ICUs with um, water and some without, and the nurses are saying we don't want it without. But actually, a nice study will be to do a qualitative piece of work with the nurses working in the ICUs without the sinks in the rooms and ask them how they go about working. Because they yeah, yeah. must have found solutions to that, you know, what they do with patient wash water, wash water, or do they go to wipes or something like that? Or were they just presented with a room with no sink in it and they just adapt naturally anyway? And and because taking something away from somebody is always a lot more difficult than actually not giving to them in the first place, I suppose. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, there is a lot to, I have some idea. The whole point is that we are trying to, and for our, formulating our suggestions, not for the, for this kind of guidelines we are formulating for new ICUs. Find the point, okay, what do people need the sink for? How do yeah. they use it? So that we can probably find the best solution. Now. And then, interestingly, you came out, okay, why do we have sinks in the first place in the patient's room? Everything came from the importance of having a hand hygiene spot to promote hand hygiene. And then yeah. now we have, a, this was a very a long time ago, and now... Yeah. We are not we are not suggesting anymore to wash hands only for some in some very few situations. Well, we are saying you have to to use alcohol wraps and then um, so actually you don't need uh, water. In this it's rare, area. isn't it? Yes, it is rare that yeah, you would need. Water. It's rare. Yeah. It's when we say yeah. okay for procedure deficit, for example. Well, I mean yeah. in Germany at least there is only the, the, the there is this uh, or where you are, where you when your hands are really uh, soiled. Soil, yeah, sure, and then. But this is uh, not the normal uh, situation. And then um, on the other hand, <clears throat> there is also, and then the interesting thing is that still the sinks are uh, felt like uh, a clean spot. But yes. then, <laughs> especially if you suggest them to use for this, it is the part, I heard the, the podcast, uh, had the, the Mr. Garvey in your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Of, and I've follow, been following his work, uh, very interesting work in last times. And, and he said this, and I said, okay, washing hands is actually a not 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 a clean activity. This is soiling no, the the, the, it's so the we should, yeah. We should, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, but this um, and then there is the the point of of washing patients, which of course you need water to wash patients, but still there are also other possibilities. Now there are at least the, the idea of scrubbing them with with the impregnated clothes, and that's been. We are not sure if it prevents health-acquired infections. There are some data who suggest yes, some others yeah. suggest maybe, we don't know, but uh, we, we probably have to find out the right product and the right concentration still, whatever. But there are alternatives. And this is the main point, that if we have alternatives, we, have to, we, 
we can find a way of working without sinks or maybe without having sinks directly in the patient's room, but having them close, like in the, in the anteroom yeah, or like yeah. uh, in, in the, in the, in the corridor. No, it's it's, so, it's, it's going to have to be working with the staff, isn't it? And give them a range of alternatives and then let them choose. And then they're more likely to do it yeah. rather than you say, that's yeah. what you're going to do. And, that won't work. and yeah. And I think the most important thing is that we really separate these two use of sinks. That's the one use of taking clean water that we bring to the patients, clean them to wash feet, whatever. And we have uh, sinks where we just discard wastewater. And uh -huh. this is uh, the main problem that we see in our ICUs still is this, these two activities often ha happens at the same spot. And yeah. it's incredible how no one that's, uh, that's uh, really nobody thinks, I mean, you wouldn't never take something out of a trash bin. No. And then put it, uh, but no, well, uh, you you go and you take clean water from the, yeah. from the sink where you just discard what the is solid also, water. What is also interesting is when you go into fill the bowl to wash the patient, the nurse yeah. doesn't hold the bowl in midair. They put the bowl in the sink and let it fill. So therefore, contaminating yeah. the bottom of the bowl with whatever is in the sink, which you then put on the patient's bedside table. My saw Mike Weinberg does a nice video on how that happens, and it's it's not very nice really. Yeah, we've been making also a small observational study on the same IC, on, on two ICUs at uh, our hospital, and uh, we have been observing um, exactly this use of the sink in the room. And uh, um, from we we saw that it, well, they are used pretty lot, but uh, like uh, um, from all observations, um, most of the half of them were they were used to discard things. Yeah, you know, the yeah. water or the, the clean. Um, it um, is a waste disposal area, after all, isn't it? It's, the waste it is disposal area. Yeah. And yeah. then the way, like uh, the hard washing was like five percent of the yeah. time. I mean, we okay. made like total of uh, sixteen hours. They were observing the people working there, and uh, so a very small amount. Are you writing that one up? That, yeah, maybe we are. We are. We are. Uh, we are connected them because we made we made also a survey among uh, among. Uh, personal in the intensive care, asking them if they need the sink and uh, what for, and uh, if they, um, uh, in other aspects of the intensive care structure, just to have this feedback from people who actually work there now, and um, and then observing them, and we would put together this data. And I, I'm planning to write it also okay. some, at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you get time. Um, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. But uh, actually the most, um, my big, out of my, my wish would be to make this kind of study we have been making now with this retrospective analysis to try to make it prospective, like that mm -hmm. we can filter out also outbreaks and we really focus on the normal situation, like on the endemic situation, like say, okay, because we always see, we have this, this, um, this whole information that things are dangerous comes out from the reaction to a situation and outbreaks or so that somehow came out probably through some bad uh, practice and then reacting to them, like putting out the sinks or putting filters that made the situation better. But we need to know, do we really have to start avoiding this, like uh, having um, no sinks in patients room at all, like without even before, so to prevent the outbreak. And this yes. Is, and the, yes. to justify this, we need to know if they're really a basic risk factor before the, the problem starts. Right? Yeah. And then, um, well, I think so that's I, what I you've like... shown, haven't you? I think that's what you've shown with this piece of work that, you know, I yeah, know, that, I know you've got caveats, but 
It, it yeah, does show. Exactly. It does, it, this is uh, this is the big step for me. I mean, I would like to have the to call maybe to collect this kind of data prospectively, maybe in a right. smaller group of ICUs. And as you said, also to observe how people can work without things so that we really have, a, yeah, even better data probably about this. And, uh, and um, yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed the chat. Thank you very much. And I really appreciate you giving me the time to, you know, to uh, have a yeah, chat Yeah, no, thank this. you for having me again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Great pleasure. Thank you very much indeed, Giovanni. And Bye. everybody else, we'll, we'll catch you again on the next episode of Infection Control Matters. Thank you. Bye-bye.